I'm I'm gonna edit that part out the podcast for your life. Oh. I mean, that's cool. I know we was recording it. Oh, it says recording. <laughs> we haven't officially opened up yet, though. All right, so let's open up. Let's let's get to it. Let's make this a tight twenty-seven. Here, here. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with the Homie. I know we're a little bit behind. There were some familial emergencies that came up on the last recording, but I'm back. It's your boy, Vox Populi, second of my name, probably the first of us. The Knicks did not go as far as I would have liked, but it's okay, because we did something. Your boy, CJ Quarterbaum. Joined, as always, by my illustrious co-host. She is the super producer, your favorite money changer in the temple, big homie, Lil D. And of course, this man, he gives a good hard take. He's eating the scraps from the table. Woof, woof to our favorite dog, Eugene McKeever. Her. And once again. <laughs> Unhinged. <laughs> Unhinged. Once again, the silent one is not with us. But that's all right. How y'all doing today? <laughs> Why? You didn't, even, you didn't even say his name. <laughs> Just said the silent one. Naturally, my, like favorite, my favorite part is he's not going to listen to this. This is true. So he won't even know. You can really call you can really call him whatever you want to. That's crazy. So he puts in the work and he don't even listen. Yo, I tell him all the, every time he missed an episode, I'm like, yo, did you listen? Nah, 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 I didn't. I didn't uh, to yet. Uh, we took we took an episode uh, off. Uh I had some issues that came up, you know, in my personal and professional life. But here but I am that, back. You got that cream for it, right? <laughs> it's actually a pill. Oh, good to go. Oh, okay. Good to go. But how y'all living? How y'all doing? What's new? I'm good. And we are one step closer to graduation, which means one step closer to college. So everything's good. Which means one step closer to what? Yeah, like what are you saying? Um nothing just you know, <laughs> life is life is life and you know so that would be no. life be life and boy yep we're just gonna leave it at that that's facts yo shout out to your son uh that suit was fire i ain't even gonna lie shout out to Panther. amazon amazon been, i can't even knock amazon you find some good stuff on there I'm about to get me a suit off Amazon. You got the suit off Amazon? Yep. And just got it tailored. Wow. Okay. Look at, look at Amazon nice taking suit. over the world. That was a nice suit. Yeah. I need to hop on Amazon myself. I have an event coming up with my mom. We changed um, out the buttons and the, the garnish on it. So the, the sparkles that was sewn on. But the suit itself. It looks like it's part of it. Yeah. D, what event you about to go to and show out at? Um, we are going to um sundress and hats, some sundress and hats uh, brunch for mom wanted to attend, so I need to find me a sundress, a new one, and a hat. So 
but that's the only one I have coming up. And then uh, my niece, adopted niece, is graduating from high school next week. So these next few weekends will be jam-packed with uh, family events. Nice. Okay, I see you. She said it's sundress season. Y'all about to see what's up or down in your case. Down. Listen, regardless of if you're looking up or down, you're going to see it. Because I have mm. worked my. Ooh, this is a family mm. podcast, ma'am. <laughs> this is a family podcast. He said, not a fam- I not a family 60 days. Podcast. <laughs> I did 60 days high protein, no alcohol, no processed. Food, sugar, nothing. Claude had to like Claude. Didn't, he didn't beg for me to have <laughs> one drink, and I was like, I cannot. And I finally, I was like, if I have it, it has to be something straight. So I, I did have um, one drink. I think I had like brown or something straight, but that was my only exception I made because he was in town and we were celebrating. Uh, Eugene, but outside of that, nope, not a six days. So I'm a cheat for maybe a week. Enjoy my good old ice cream that I made uh, from scratch, and then I'm gonna probably do another thirty days until my birthday. Mm. She said, "Y'all gonna see these results." Mm. I respect it. Listen, you see me struggle with the <clears throat> potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm down like five pounds since I saw y'all. And then I put them right back on, and now I'm back down in three. So <laughs> it's all right. Natural, right. natural weight doing PEMDAS. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll be on that Peloton, pe- biking for my life. I said I was gonna try Peloton one day. It looks fun, but it's cool. It's a look. And I'll say it's cool. It's, it's a way for me to get in the extra cardio that I need mm-hmm. without having to sacrifice my time in the gym lifting weights. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to uh, Denise. She went to one of the live Peloton classes. I saw mm-hmm. that. My, my homegirl works at Peloton, which is how I, I got my Peli. Okay. So she, well, let's, talk, let's talk about that offline. You don't want to talk about it offline. <laughs> you, you, might right. you might be right. Maybe 2024 we could talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got a lot. I got a lot tied up in 2023. Don't we all, man? Don't we all? Not you. Nah, I got. I got a lot tied up. Nah, you. You live. You in the. You in the Roy tax bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I wish. I, actually, I don't wish. There, I think that there is such a thing as enough, and being in the Roy bracket is way more than enough. Yeah. But I could use a little more. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. You good? I feel like you're you're fine. I'm God I'm needs- okay. I'm I'm not where I want to be, but I'm okay. God needs to look at your contact list. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's some love to be spread there. There's um there's a quote I, I often use. It's an interview with John D. Rockefeller, right? He's the richest man in the world at the time. 
And this reporter's like, you know, John, like you have all the money in the world. You are the richest. How much more do you need? And Rockefeller's response was just a little more. And I, I use that quote as this reminder to us all the time that if what you're chasing is money, there will never be enough. Hence, all these hundred millionaires who are upset that they're not billionaires and billionaires who are upset they're not bigger billionaires. It's never enough. Can you imagine having a hundred million dollars and feeling like it's not enough? What's your most valuable asset? Nah. Time. You can can always make more money. You can never make more time. I asked a family member of mine that and because I got this whole... You know, I got to make money. I got to do this. I got to do that. And, da, da, da. and I get it. Um, he's younger. So his outtake is a little different. He sees it as I need to get all this money to hit my goals and do this and do this. So I asked, I said, What's your most, what, what is your most valuable asset? And he's like, you know, right now it's money. And I'm like, that's, you can always make that just like you can always lose it. You know, like I don't ever see myself trading my time. For more money. If you're telling me I have to, in order for me to be a millionaire, I have to lose time with my loved ones, lose time for myself, and give 80 hours to someone else or to something that may not really benefit me in the long run, I will probably settle for, you know, six figures and be fine. I don't, I don't need that million. I'm, I'm going to work enough to where I can spend time with those I care about. And, you know, enjoy my time on this earth. I don't think really we should, anybody should be chasing money, but it's a capitalist society. Unfortunately, a lot more people do. Here's a question. Um, you often hear from, like, the very wealthy entrepreneurial types that you just need to sacrifice a good five to ten years in order to make the millions I can understand that in your 20s, but at this stage and age of our lives, in our mid-30s, would you be willing to sacrifice five to 10 years to walk away or to come out on the other end with, call it two, three, four million dollars? That sacrifice is a lot because for me personally, I've lost a lot. So I know what it is like losing time, losing people. Am I willing to sacrifice that? just to come out on the other side for something I'm probably not going to enjoy. Like, I'm comfortable. I'm blessed now. I don't really seek the whole, I want more, I want more, I want more. I think at this stage in life, I I want God's plan. Clearly my plan has sucked. It has not gotten me to where I needed to be. So I have to sit still. That's when you know a nigga got money. When she go, I, I'm blessed. I'm I'm still waiting on my blessing, but I would not sacrifice five years. Um, I don't even need the whole. I don't even need a million. I just need a smooth hundred fifty thousand right now. If I could consistently make a hundred fifty thousand, I think I would be okay. In Charlotte, yeah, yeah. I'm not moving up north. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, you country, so it makes sense. We're what? Not, we're not doing that tonight. That's, Listen, you that, southern, that, you southerners. That is what that is what we're not you... going to do. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing that. 
tonight. It's always those living in closets trying to talk about us. But <laughs> I got I got land, beloved. But anyway, uh and yeah, at this at this God, stage, God's land. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> at this stage, I think five to ten years is that's missing a lot of my kids' childhood. Yep. And yeah. it, you re, you don't get that time back. And it sets the foundation for what your relationship with them is going to be later on. And I, I couldn't imagine not being not being there now or over the next 10 years. 10 years from now, they're all teenagers. That's it. You don't have a relationship with them then, like it's done. Yeah. It's yeah, 10 years. My middle son would be out the house. We're about to be moving. I'm about to graduate. So yeah, I can't I can't do that. It's just money is it's important. I think Kanye said it best, right? Having money isn't everything. Not having it is. And I think to be in a place where you can figure out what enough is, or like it, it just gives you a different perspective on life, right? Like you don't have to say yes to the next promotion because you know that with that promotion comes a sacrifice on the other end that's not worth it. But so many of us, like I live in a very wealthy area and I'm seeing all these people who is like, the whole thing is more, more, more. I need more. I'm chasing more. And then I talk to their kids and they're like, oh yeah, I haven't seen my dad in weeks. Oh, I see him when we go on vacation. But when we're on vacation, he's working. I have no relationship with my father. Like, what kind of life is that? Like no one on their deathbed looks back and is like, man, I wish I worked more. Damn. Ain't nobody on their deathbed getting visited by their co-workers or their bosses. Right? And sometimes they're not getting visited by their kids because they were never there. There's um my mom's a hospice nurse. So she tells me this story, these stories all the time about these people who on their deathbed, they're just crying for their kids. Like wishing their kids would come, but they've broken those relationships so much that they don't even want to see them pass. I saw this great quote on Instagram the other day. It said, in 20 years from now, the only people who are going to remember that you work late are your kids. Mm -hmm. And I was, as someone whose job requires them to work late often, like that joint hit me in the soul. Yeah. Even if that means that you, you stand up after you put them to bed. You have to make it time for. We are recording this at ten thirty at night. At ten. Okay, <laughs> this ungodly hour. <laughs> so I had a conversation recently, and so it's turned into this whole thing, and it kind of goes into um, the topic that we're speaking on. But I meant to share a video with you guys, um, and I'll send it. But. Basically, it's a room. It's one of those pods where you have women sitting on one side of the table and men sitting on the other. I think that whole setup is stupid, but whatever. And the woman asked, what should a woman do if she's getting, you know, she's being abused in a relationship? And so the guy, one of the guys immediately hollers, endure. She should endure. And, you know... She's like, wait, what? And so they try to explain everything. And he's like, well, you know, you have to work it. You have to work on it. You have to fix it and all sorts of stuff. And she said, okay, so what happens if she cheats? And they all scream divorce, 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 divorce. 
And so she, her and women are confused. She's like, so cheating holds more weight than being physically abused. And so one guy said something that they did not go down the rabbit hole on, and I wish they did. But he said the Bible speaks to divorce being an acceptable um, solution to adultery or something around that. And so I, I took that and I was kind of, you know, I was doing my, my journaling, looking at some stuff, reading about the Bible. And I was like, well, what does the Bible really say? Um, and for what I understand, it speaks to, and, and Claude, you can correct me, but from my understanding, <laughs> waiting, waiting, <laughs> waiting with the big word. This actually is waiting. <laughs> he can't, he can't wait to, but well, actually, <laughs> yeah, Eddie. Um, from my understanding, what happens is if you commit adultery, then divorce is acceptable, or it is stated that it is acceptable in the Bible. However. It is a sin if you get divorced and then remarry. So essentially, if you break up or separate, you know, a unit as a unit, then no one should be remarrying. Um, but it does not speak to physical abuse in regards to being grounds for a divorce. So... But we, I mean, we should know morally, moral compass, we know that's not right. So let me clarify to any listeners, I'm not condoning or saying that's right. And the guy was saying indoor, I thought he sounded stupid to me. But I also find it interesting that sometimes men harp on parts of the Bible that speaks to the nonsense. And so how would you express that as a man? to a woman that comes to you and say, hey, I'm in this marriage, I'm being physically abused, but the Bible says that it's a sin or it's bad if I get a divorce, unless it's based on adultery or something. So I would say that um, <clears throat> divorce is not the only grounds for divorce. Um, adultery is not the only grounds for divorce. Uh, so there are a couple of passages where you see that and just because that's the only thing that is directly spoken to doesn't mean it's the only reason. Um, you have people who would make the argument that it's the breaking of the covenant. So when you get married, you're making a covenant, uh, basically a spiritual contract between right. you and your spouse and God. And something like adultery breaks the covenant. But also abuse would be breaking the covenant. So it's ultimately it's, it's breaking the terms of engagement that are grounds for divorce. Now, in the same, if you're being abused, one, I would tell you to get out of the house, right? First things first is let's make sure you are safe. Mm -hmm. And then just the way I'm set up, I'm still from Brooklyn. I'm coming at your husband. I'm like, yo, what's going on here? Do I need to touch you because you seem to have a problem with your hands? That's just fast me. Forward. I also, I grew up fast forward. <laughs> I grew up around the type of type of pastors who, you know, we, we from the hood, you you got to put hands on someone to keep people safe. You, you will do what you need to to protect your sheep. Now, we will try, you know, to bring the couple through maybe a restoration and reconciliation process. And in the same way with adultery, I'm like, well, don't rush to divorce. Like, is there, is there a possibility or a chance? 
for reconciliation, for restoration, for your marriage to be saved. In the case of physical abuse, nine times out of 10, there's not. But I do believe that God could do a miraculous work in someone's heart and said man or woman, because I've seen many cases where right. the women are the say, ones who are the physical abusers. Um, mm-hmm. So where the abuser's heart can change and their posture can change, but nine times out of 10, it is clipped from, right. from the, because the, when you get to the point of being ready to divorce over the abuse, it's not the first time. It's not the right. second time. It is years of this ongoing behavior. Right. And so that I think you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think you're right where we have this tendency to, uh, I think we all see the world through a particular lens. Mm-hmm. And especially with something like the Bible, we approach it through our particular lens and mm-hmm. we harp on those passages and everything that might contradict it, we conveniently ignore. You know, the, the conviction of Romans is a little too much for us. So we like to be comforted by the Psalms. Or my favorite is um, growing up, I would always hear that homosexuality is an abomination which hear me, I know this is cancelable in 2023, but yes, homosexuality is a sin. Two verses later, it says pride is an abomination in the eyes of God as well. We're not all gay, but we are all prideful. It's easier to focus on the thing that's not our issue than the thing that is our issue. So, and I'm glad you said that because that conversation then led to, you have to, People have a way of, you, you mentioned something, people have a way of trying to see things from their perspective. People have a way of trying to understand um, what makes sense to them while omitting things they don't like. So, um, and it was brought to me in, in, in the face of if God said, you know, in order to get into the kingdom of heaven, you know, you're never going to get married. That's just, that's what I have for you. So for me, I think of my immediate judgment, I was like, you know, I, I'm human. I'm like, yo, I can't get two years. I can't, I can't get a year. Like, but, I'm, but there's no negotiation with God. That's not how that works. And if you're, you know, depending on which Christian you're talking to and where they're from, how dare we question God? You know, let's not ever ask a question out loud or or openly state we don't understand something and so it's just it's it's very interesting it was a very interesting conversation in regards to how we lead this life in 2023 where everything can be canceled everything can be put under a radar a microscope um We've seen the headliners. Um, there's one that we will not cover this evening, but it's just how do you maneuver? How do you maneuver with love? Um, is what it all boils down to. Because it's like everybody doesn't even follow religion. Everybody doesn't believe in higher power. And then you know that's a whole other conversation. How do you deal with that? But that goes into um, something. The topic that we were going to talk about with vulnerability men and vulnerability um are you are you all vulnerable with like within your relationships not just your marriages Mm -mm. get somebody else to do it (laughs) (laughs) 
Stay in St. Kitts and Nevis. Else to do. <laughs> that is not how this works. Um, I would say for me, I I can be vulnerable, but I'm very particular with how vulnerable I am with certain people. Like, depending on how much. I trust you or how much I what I know about you and how you take in information and how you view other people like I can be I, I that's how I'm able to gauge how vulnerable I'm going to be with you um even down to my kids like they can't handle they can't always handle the brutal honesty of what I may have to say or my my raw feelings because they just because of how they view me and the dynamics of our relationship where it's parent to, well, I mean, I have all sons, so parent to son, some stuff I tell them just to let them know, like, you know, I'm, I hurt too. I have feelings as well. I'm not just this parent, but everything like struggles with finances, struggles with my wife, struggles with, you know, work and, the dynamics that I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Like I can't share everything like that with them because they're not ready for that level of conversation. They're not ready for that level of responsibility to have to know what to do with those, with those feelings that I'm dumping on them per se. Even none of my wife, like there's, there's certain stuff that I can't, I may have to filter through the raw feelings of how I feel towards her before I can give her that watered down version because the rawness of what I feel it it may she it may be taken the wrong way. So then that means that you are vulnerable with CJ, like you run that through a filter. It's a filter, yeah. It's a filter to you, bro. Yeah, you a filter. Oh my god! Call you, call you Folgers. <laughs> you, you, you my Britta. I cannot. Oh man! Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, how do you? Um, is this I an interrogation? I, I thought we were all answering the question. Yeah, no, everyone's <laughs> answering. I'm waiting on. Oh, you, I, you, you want me to answer? Um, I think that I am the fakest kind of vulnerable you will ever meet in your life. Wow. I it's why I was at a wedding this past weekend and it was with a old couple I knew I've known for a couple of years in a community that I used to be a part of. And I saw somebody and they were like, yo, I, I just want to thank you so much for pouring into my life. And I really appreciate the kind of leader you are having, like you lead with such vulnerability, vulnerability. Like, I feel like I, I, I learned so much about you and I know myself. I, since childhood, hiding has always been the way that I've protected myself. And if you talk to me, if you have any conversation with me, you will think that I'm a open book. Meanwhile, I know the skeletons I keep in my closet. I know the ghosts that live under my bed at night that I, for a multitude of reasons, and am too afraid to share. 
but I share enough that it, you'll think like, man, CJ's this really vulnerable, open person. When in reality, like I'm not, like I am scared to death to reveal all of me to anybody, which is not a great place to be or a great thing to be. I was talking to my sister earlier today and I said to her, I was like, you know, I am not okay. And I'm okay with not being okay, but I know that not being okay is, it's not a good thing. And I'm like, and I have no idea what to do with that. So all of that, like I, it feels like I just revealed so much, but I also said nothing. You said absolutely nothing. You didn't say, I was going to say, you didn't You didn't say, say you just said a bunch of words. Right, like I, I admit I mean, what, what that I I'm what okay. I got from that is I that admit the fake vulnerability. What I got from that is that you live in a haunted house with all these skeletons and ghosts. <laughs> on some on some level I do. It feels like it metaphorically. <laughs> and I hate haunted houses. Why I love haunted houses. You are one. Babylon things. <laughs> D, what about you? What about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I you, you can you cannot be him tonight, okay? <laughs> Every everyone everyone here. I speaks. could never, even on my sleepiest days. Oh, not I was just thinking. <laughs> um. So no, I would say that there's I have vulnerability in um my close relationships. And I'm able to be vulnerable with, you know, a few people. Um, and when I say vulnerable, I mean, these people have seen me in my rawest form of anger or frustration or complete distraught. Yep. So I would say when it comes to being honest, I'm, I'm, I'm an honest person to a fault. Um, and I think we've talked about it on here. Sometimes I have to filter my honesty with the correct tone of things. Um, while I don't really hold back on a tone from, you know, you guys. Oh. Oh. When I hold back on a tone from you guys, I do make sure my tone is in is is in check when dealing with people at work um dealing with people that may not be as close to me um that may not understand you know my days of quietness um because a part of being me being honest is to care or to love me is you're gonna have to know i'm gonna get missing i don't want to talk to you every day i don't feel like talking every day um but that's hard. That's hard for people. Telling somebody you don't feel like talking to them, that immediately becomes a, what did I do? And so, yeah, I would say I have to really work on having, um, a, I guess, a, a calm threshold for being honest nowadays. And I don't know if it's just as I get older, more like my great-grandmother. Um, I just don't see the need to hold things in, you know, to upset myself. Like, I'm going to just lay it all out. We'll figure it out. But at the same time, I'm very careful with my words because words do hurt and words matter. So Yeah. 
Yes. Whoever Any said words. sticks and stones break your bones, but words never hurt you, a liar. They're they not are a bold faced liar. Actually, I've been I've been more broken by words than I have sticks and stones. Facts. Do you been broken by sticks and stones before? No. Definitely by words, though. Hmm. Yo, words, especially the words you heard in childhood from those who were supposed to be the safe place, and joints mess you up for life. Um, I wouldn't say for life. They they get you to a no, time. no, no. I got sixty year old men that I meet with regularly, still rehearsing things from when they were twelve. That those are I wouldn't say those people. I'm not gonna say that. Um, a lot of people wait later in life to seek healing, to seek additional help, to heal the heal from the words that hurt them. Um, so I'm glad they're at least trying to heal. From those childhood words. Um, but then you have people like me that just take the words and sometimes I give them right back. Like but now. You built different. Like not I, even just in stature. Shut up. Like, but especially in stature. That, said, that say things or have said things. Um, I remember being called the demon child by one of my great aunts. Because mm. I enjoy I enjoy Harry Potter. I thought it was because you were so tiny. <laughs> like, a, like a little gremlin or gnome that is not the case y'all some haters that's alright you didn't know I'm going to beat your um. <laughs> short queens unite <laughs> with our little powers combined <laughs> shut up but no um, I will say that the words that she spewed with me reading Harry Potter, I was just like, you know what? I think it, I, honestly, I, I remember what, how old I was when I said it did. Because um, then she called me disrespectful. But I was like, it obviously bothers you that I can read it all because you still struggle. You know, it's crazy. J.K. Rowling made so much money off them books and ain't no black people read them because all of our grandmas and mamas thought that was a Babylon thing. Lies you tell, because whenever I went to that book drop, I saw nothing but blackie. I saw Yo, a few white people out there, but there was a lot we of read, We read the first one when it came out, and then somebody in the church got a hold of it, and it was like, mm-mm, witchcraft. Nope. Whole church was banned from reading Harry Potter. I didn't read Harry Potter. Well, you don't read. You don't read. So. Nor <laughs> have I watched the movies, because the movies were awful. The movie they should have never been made. The one I tried to watch was, te- it was terrible. Wait, you did you try to watch the first one or? Yeah, I tried to watch the first one. You tried to watch oh. seven. No, because it was good up until the fourth movie. It was good all the way through. I I didn't like because I watched the movie right it wasn't after I read me. the books. I didn't like that they were adding things that weren't there. And then taking away like key parts of the story. So that that was one of the things um, I will say. You're right. So movies one through four were definitely well in line with the books. Um, anything after that, because the books, I don't know if you guys remember how thick those books got. They got, you know, thicker every mm-hmm. every year to drop. And so the latter movies, they had to, they kind of remix some things to make the story make sense. And so therefore they had to take some things out. 
Um, but nonetheless, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Harry Potter. I was not a Lord of the Rings fan, I will tell you that, because that also came out around the same time. Chile. I read, first of all, Lord of the Rings is like 50 years older. But Why did you I say read... Chile before you started talking? Because he is happy. <laughs> I you, like read... whispered it, Chile. I read. <laughs> I read the Lord of the Rings books like two or three years ago. It was probably like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Them joint was it was eight hundred pages too long. It was a lot of meandering in the forest. It's a lot of nothing. That sounds like the diary. But people, people who love Lord of the Rings love it. I know a guy. I'm not going out him, but he learned Elvish. Yeah, learned what? Elvish. Elvish is the elf language in Lord of the Rings. Egg, Avery. <laughs> I said I'm not going to out him on this podcast, and I will. I will still respect his identity. Yeah, Yo, we should title the episode "Dang Avery" just to see if he'll listen to it when it pops up. <laughs> He won't. He still will not listen to it. It's like, yo, bless it. Anyway. Um, said bless it? Yes. Yeah, bless- what? <laughs> bless it is what I said. Y'all need help. D about to do the bust it challenge in 2023. No. I feel bad for all of those uh, bust it challenge women and the ones that were standing in front of them red lights. AI I forgot been, about the red lights. The red AI has yeah. officially started helping men take those red filters off. So we are starting to see what some of y'all look like. Oh, for real? And it ain't good. Yo, them early TikTok challenges had a hold on y'all. The only you challenge did. I partook in was one that went um that my trainer had attacked me on. It was a push-up challenge. Outside of that. Oh, I got tagged in one of those. I didn't do it. We know. Can you do ten, can you do ten push ups? Maybe. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna out me on this podcast. <laughs> we will, don't worry. <laughs> oh joy. Evil arms. That's interesting. It's kinda wild if you can't do ten push ups. You know that, right? Why is it wild? I mean it's just a it's a basic marker of health. Or is it a basic what, what is that? You know I don't care about it being a mark of manhood. <laughs> because I'm saying I've seen I've seen some men that do push-ups on their knees, and it's like there's there's still push-ups. Nah, there is um some sort of test that they did where it's like not being able to do a certain number of push-ups shows that you're at risk for heart disease and early death and something else. What so, if you just got weak arms? Again, that means I'm unhealthy die. and at risk for death. That means yes. I'm going to die because my arms are weak? Yes, because it is an indication of other problems. Because your <laughs> arms are weak? What does that have to do with the rest of my body? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're not Why, <laughs> push-ups and, and heart health. The more push-ups may mean less risk of heart problems. Did you Study just Google that? Harvard. Yeah. 
Because I can do push-ups. So Yo, this this nigga is committed to being an actually. He's committed to being an actually nigga. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want you to live. I want my best friend to stay alive. This nigga go do some push-ups. Love, love being an actually nigga. <laughs> go do some push-ups. Actually, I'm not going my to. My arms are weak. My my arms are weak. I can't do push up I, I didn't say I can't. I just. Huh? How many push-ups can you do? I don't know. I haven't a, tried in a long time to like. So one out. could say that you may not be able to do ten because you don't know how many you could do. No, I know I can do ten. I did ten with weights the other day. Ooh, I did ten with weights the other day. <laughs> <laughs> in a minute, you can find yourself. So I'm curious, Eugene. You don't read. You don't do push-ups. You can't cook. What are you contributing well, to your can't. household? I can cook. I can Barbecue cook. chicken and spaghetti oh, does not count as cooking. Balls in. <laughs> <laughs> you making meatballs from scratch or out the package? No, I'm not making them from scratch. Definitely out the package. I got to drive 50 minutes each way every day. I'm not making meatballs from scratch. I don't have that type of time. I don't get to walk out my door and drive two minutes to work. Or walk if it, if it's a nice day. So it's actually walk a minute. Yeah. I don't have that type of time. I, I'm so never in my office though. Like, what, what does that have to do for me? Because I'm, I'm driving. Crazy. I'm I'm outside. You outside like Van Van outside every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if that's the performance, she was the cutest. No. She definitely performed in front of a crowd and they knew all the words. And I didn't. And I was okay with that. That's a shame because y'all be in the same height and everything. I feel like you would be We're more really not supportive. <laughs> I think Van Van is the cutest little thing ever. I did not know all the words in the song. <laughs> Look at you calling somebody little. Because she's a little girl. Absolutely. Like, go people say, hey, listen. Yeah. I think this might be a tight 27 or less. It don't matter. I mean, it kind of was a touch base just to say, you know, we're back. Um, yeah, we still here. We still here. It was really uh, Beyonce's fault that we didn't get on, but for good reason. Yeah, for, for good reason. Avery's still not here. Avery's still not here. He's not but he to. did pay us. He did pay us. He did. We're not reading. So that means, Eugene, what's your waiver? Because you've not been reading for a long time, so. I already told you I wasn't making no waiver. Avery bought that upon himself. I got I got more sense than that. Well, I, I'm just curious. Before we wrap this up. It is actually what though. What is your problem with reading? I don't like it. I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to sit and read like books. Now, if I can listen to a book, because then I can multitask, then great. But it's not its not therapeutic for me. It feels like a task. That's why I said you should listen to that book that I recommended. That science fiction book? It's a, um, it is a fiction, but it's a political fiction. Political fiction slash thriller. Nothing it's, about that sounds entertaining. It makes for Is it the content. types of books you're choosing that you... That you no, feel like I don't entertaining. 
I don't like what's entertaining to me is nonfiction. Like I like to hear about real stories, like so, actual people's lives. That means you listen to Carmelo Anthony's book, yes? I want to get his book. I do want to get his book. If you make is, it is that he book, is he reading it? No, because I don't know if I could do three hours of Carmelo Anthony talking to me. I tried to read it and I tried to listen to it. I did not get through that book. That did really? not get, it did not get listed on my read because I, I did not finish it. If I don't finish a book, I don't add it as read. Was and it I him reading struggled. it? Yes. It is all it's a whole yes. That's him and the, the two books I've struggled with, I've not ever gotten through. And listeners, please don't judge me. Um, because I'm pretty sure they're great books. I just I can't get through them. Is Carmelo Anthony's book and Michael Strahan's book. Those are two books. I don't listen to Michael Strahan spitting all over a microphone. He was not spitting all over a microphone, first and foremost. <laughs> but it was just, I just couldn't get through it. Um, but that's just me. So do you read self-help books? Or listen no. to self-help books, rather? No. So you'll never know how to do a push-up. Cool. <laughs> I know how to do a push-up. I just don't do push-ups. <clears throat> How do you grow about personal growth? I'm sorry. When did kicking it with the homies <laughs> become 2020? Yo, this ain't gonna be a <laughs> I'm just I'm in, I'm inquiring. Yeah, inquiring I'm not about minds. to psychologize me. I, I, I just minds want to know. You know who's inquiring inquiring mind. Yo, Lily. It feels, it feels you, like it feels right like right actually. This feels like you up on your yeah, actually, nigga. Had a story. So you're gonna keep calling me actually, nigga, huh? Because I'm asking questions. You actually, nigga. I'm. I'm I actually, nigga. Right there, like you actually. I said. I asked, I asked a question. I asked how. That makes we're me. Not, we're not. Doing, we're not doing. We're not doing this to the listeners. <laughs> The listeners don't want to know. Forgive me. You would like to live in ignorance. I don't understand how I'm living in ignorance. Just because I'm not doing the things that y'all do. Anybody say? Anybody say? I don't, I don't like reading books. I don't like. I don't like reading mm -hmm. books. I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm. I'm willing to take in information in other ways. I just don't like reading books. How do you get your sons to read? They like reading. So I get them books and they they read. They enjoy reading. So you don't be reading Fox and Socks with them? No, we read the Bible with them. But it's like a kid's Bible. I think it's the one that you got, Aiden. Yeah, that's right, Papa. Yeah. You don't read The Cat in the Hat? Uh, I have. Cool. Cat in the Hat is trash. Your sons made you do that? Or did you do it on your own? Uh, I think one time I read it on my own to them. Another time after I read it, then they wanted to read it again. So I read it again. So what's your favorite uh, Dr. Seuss book? Walk it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Green Eggs and Ham. One of the shortest ones. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy Green Eggs and Ham. Yo, okay. 
long as you like one of them, cool. You wouldn't know the short book. I didn't know that book. Kind of like the back of my hand because my two-year-olds that I used to teach loved it. So I just know it's one of the shorter ones. I would prefer that one over the ABC. Yeah, I don't like the ABC one. And that thing is expensive. Are y'all done with your interrogation? Or are we are we still or have we not it's met? It's crazy. It's so hard for nigga for niggas to accept love, you know? I'm accepting the love. Nah. He called you his Britta. <laughs> like, <laughs> my Britta, my Britta. <laughs> my Britta, my Britta. Oh man, Boston just uh saved themselves from elimination. So they live to I fight mean, another day. That's all they do. Yeah, I mean, they just, nobody has ever come back from down 3-0, so it's over. They just didn't get swept. That's all that that means. Ain't no way they about to win four straight. All <sighs> right, well, we'll I'm done with y'all niggas. Thank God, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What, this this thing here already on Instagram. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> D. Oh, D. She pulled the, she pulled that reel up and they realized the sound was wasn't off. Nah, I the I want to hear the song. With your pen mic stand. Yeah, because I was gonna click on my shirt, but I don't really know if it sounds good on my shirt. I think one of the episodes I decided to like it. So I like the pen. Haters. Well, thank you, lovely people, for enjoy for joining us for another episode of Kicking It with the Homie. Short but sweet today. And that's all right, because it be like that sometimes. But we'll be back in two weeks with more smooth words for your ears. In the meantime, please leave us five stars. If they don't got five stars for this podcast, Eugene, what should they do? Do 10 push-ups on your knees. Mm, that would be your answer. And on that note, we are Goodbye. <laughs> Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Oh, oh, oh.